through the power of His Holy Spirit, move in us in ways that uh, we don't expect, in ways that uh, we could not with our eyes ever have foreseen. Lord, I thank You again that You've allowed us to gather here. Um, I'm humbled that You would uh, allow me to stand here and preach Your Word. Uh, I ask that You would forgive me uh, so often, so often. I fail you so often. I fall short. How unworthy would I be if not for the work of Christ? How unworthy are we apart from the work of Christ in us, Lord? Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the hope we find therein. Thank you for the fellowship that you have given us with Yourself and with one another. Uh, Lord, last week as we explored these ideas of using our gifts among one another, using those things, those areas in our lives that You have uh, gifted us, that w- whether it be in passionate desires of service in one area or the other, Lord, I, I ask that You would just continue watering that in the classes and the conversations that we have amongst one another, uh, that we would be a people so willing to serve You in service to one another. Lord, let us not see one gift as as greater or lesser than another, uh, but let us see that You have in Your infinite wisdom placed us exactly where You would have us. Let us find our identity in Christ. Let us find our purpose in Christ. Let us be anchored down into that bound up in it in love. Uh, Let our service come from love. Let our thoughts and our words uh, come from a heart that is changed, a heart that is continuing to be changed. Uh, Lord, as we dig and press into Your Word, I pray that You would help us through Your Holy Spirit in the renewing of our minds, that we could think with thoughts that You would have us think with. Lord, now as we open up your word, bless this time that we have together, that it might be to bring glory to you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, it is awesome again. It is awesome to be here with you tonight. Um, As I was kind of preparing where we were going to go or how far we were going to go in chapter 12 tonight, um, up until probably the last 24 hours, I absolutely thought we were going to finish chapter 12. As I started kind of gathering my thoughts and writing down and trying to, I've been, as some of you know, been kind of keeping, uh, for lack of a better word, like a personal commentary through this study that I've been kind of jotting down my thoughts and ideas as I read over the text. As I was kind of doing that in preparation uh, today to preach tonight, I could not get even through chapter 9, or excuse me, chapter 12, verse 9. Um, so we're going to spend our time looking at the first third of chapter 12, verse 9. So we're not going to cover a ton through the book of Romans tonight, um, but I think the reason that we're going to spend the time tonight we are on this piece of text is because of the importance that it has in all that we will see after this, right? So, um, as we read it, 
let's let's consider uh, with open hearts the genuineness of our love. So Paul here, after having now made an appeal to us to give our bodies uh, over to God as living sacrifices, this being the way that we uh, most appropriately worship Him, we worship Him in the way that we live, Romans 12, verses or 1 and 2, uh, then looking at humility, being humble and being right-minded in the way that we think of ourselves, verse 3 there. Uh, and then last week we kind of wrapped up with this idea of us using our gifts and service of one another in the church. And now we are going to spend some time looking at a, at a piece of text and considering this piece of text um, for just a little while. Romans chapter 12. Verse 9, part A. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. And, and I want to I ask you, and I want us to consider the way that we live, the way that we act out our lives, and I want us to ask ourselves, is our love genuine? Is the love that you have for me a genuine love, church? Is the love that you have for one another a genuine love? Is it? I want us to I want us to think about this. I want us to ask ourselves, what is love? What is love? Not like if you get upset with something that I say, do you still find yourself loving me or do you find it easier not to? Do you do you think that you could ever not love me? Love is unconditional, right? True, genuine love is not based on your feelings in a moment. Whether those be feelings of passion that oftentimes lead to sin and we realize that what we thought was love was only lust, or whether it be feelings of anger which lead us to say things that we would never in a million years say to someone who we genuinely loved. Do you have genuine love for one another in this church? Do you? Is your is your love for one another a genuine thing? Will it last? Will it fade? Could it ever and these are things that we should consider when we how often oh how often we throw this word around right as as we leave tonight how many of us will likely use that word as we're passing i'll probably come by you kid and be like love you brother as i'm heading out the door love you is my love genuine are are we throwing around words without considering what supports that word? Have you ever? Have you ever said to someone that you loved them and you did not love them? How, how many of you who are married in here tonight married the first person that you told you loved? Nobody? <laughs> uh, listen, wake up. <laughs> Okay, you're worried about the Super Bowl? I don't know that it started or not yet. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know who's playing. I, I didn't marry the first person that I thought I loved, but I never told 
Okay. <laughs> so how many of how many of you have told someone that you love them that you were going to marry them and did not? <laughs> okay, so we got we got a couple. Okay, so I want to ask you the question. Did you love them with the kind of love that we're called to love one another? Apparently not. We got some honesty in here tonight. I love honesty. <laughs> All right, I can be honest. The first girl I dated, I, I told her I love her, and it didn't work out. Apparently she didn't love me like I thought she did. <laughs> and it's a good thing. Because then I found Adrian. Right? She's not here tonight, so y'all tell her that I'm that I bragged about her when y'all see her again. <laughs> y'all are, are you recording that? I'm gonna make her watch that on on YouTube later. <laughs> Love you, babe. <laughs> it is next Sunday. <laughs> Buy big presents because that shows how much you love them, right? I mean, seriously, though, sometimes we act like that. What does it mean to love? Does love, can love ever end? This love can not end, will not end. The love that you have been called to love with is an unfailing love. And we should not... Think lightly of that. We should, we're going to talk about this a little bit more lately or in, in, a, in a moment, but I want us to look at how quickly Paul goes through this, right? And, and, and as I was looking at this, I thought to myself, Paul, why so quickly? Why not, why not dwell on this a little bit? Why press on through? So I want you all to ask me later, if this is such a big deal... Landon, if this is such a big deal, why then does Paul say, let love be genuine, adore, uh, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good? Why doesn't he expound on that himself if it's such a big deal? Why does Paul himself seem to just mention it and go on? I want us to think about these things as we look at this text. Because I want to tell you, so the word here, and, and I know you all have heard agape love before, um, so for, for this crowd tonight, I doubt that that's a new word for you. Um, but just in case you've never heard the word agape, that's the word here that we translate love throughout the uh, English translation of the Bible. There are multiple words that get translated into love. When we speak of love, we speak of love oftentimes in different ways, right? Like, I love my wife. In different ways than I love my brother or my parents, right? You clearly use the word love with that person that you did not end up with in the way that you would say that you use the word love with the person who you're with, right? If your spouse now says, who do you love more, me or that other person that you told you loved, who do you say? Of course you say you, or you're going to be in trouble, and you're going to have to buy three times the gifts. 
come Valentine's Day, right? So we use this word in different ways in different contexts. So this is why we're going to spend a little bit of time here because I don't want you to pass over it mistaking this love for the kind of love that you're going to just use and throw out and it mean nothing, right? The love that's spoken of here is agape love. We see it multiple times through the book of Romans. We're going to look at one place that we see it as we close. And we're going to look at another place in Scripture tonight where we see love explained in an interesting way. And when we see love there, I want you to know that the love that's translated there is, again, agape love. So as we look at the text tonight, when we see in the different places in Scripture where we're going to see the word love, I want you to know, no question about it, every one of those is the same kind of love. We're speaking of love in each of these texts that we're going to see in the same way, right? So this agape love, this, if you were going to think of what, it's the strongest way that you could say that you love someone. Right? There would be no stronger way for you to tell me that you love me than for you to use this meaning, this agape love here. So when he says, let love be genuine, do not let the love that you have be anything less than the strongest form. The agape form of love. Let your love be genuine. Let it be real. So what does then real love look like? Is there any place in Scripture that would give us an understanding of what real love looks like? Well, yes, there is. If you would turn with me. To 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a short chapter, 13 verses. We're going to read the whole thing. Alright, so y'all go ahead and get there. And we're going to examine this idea of love, this love that we are to be genuine in towards one another. And in our love towards others, right? This is a love directed within the church and without. Do you get me there? This is a love that we share with one another and a love that we have for the lost, right? This is a love that we have for one another and a love that we have for those who would put our head on the chopping block and remove it from our bodies. This love we've been called to have with our enemies. Do you understand what that means? When we say, let your love be genuine, and I want to I want to ask you do you have that kind of love? Do you have a love for those who would kill you? Do you what sends people to places to preach the gospel where they may die? For that preaching. That kind of love. They are motivated by that kind of love. So let your love be genuine church. For one another and for those who are lost and dying. I want us to understand that the love that we're seeing here. The love that we're being called into. Is a higher love than the love that you told your first girlfriend. Or your second girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Right? 
This love that you said it then and it means nothing now. Right? We've been called to a higher love. And we've been shown this love. It's not as though we've been set off in a direction that we have no example for which to look towards. We have Christ. Right? And I'm, I should not have to explain to you the love that He had for you. We've dug through Scripture. We've dug through the book of Romans. While you were enemies, Christ died for you. What kind of love did Christ have? Some serious, serious agape love. Love that looks a lot like what we're going to find in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, this is agape love, I am noisy, gone, or a clanging cymbal. Church, if I could speak in such a way that it would stir your hearts, that each and every one of you went out today and died for the gospel, and I'm not doing it in love, I'm but making noise. Do we see that the motivations behind what we do how we serve, how we use our gifts, what motivates those things are as important as those things themselves. Lest we stand before Him and say, Lord, Lord, have I not? And He says, I never knew you. I want us to see that the love that we've, that we're being called to as a church is not a love that we can show apart from God's work in us. Right? God is love. Amen? That's Scripture. That's Scripture. God is love. So you answer me this. If you do not know God, do you know love? As we're speaking of here, you know something that can only be classified as a lesser love. The only way that you can know this love is if you know God. If you do not know God, you do not know this love. This is a love that the world will find different. And this is why it's important that you not only love one another, but that you love them. Because the love that you can only have in Christ, they will see. If it's there, if it's genuine, and it's not just lip service. Verse 2, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians. And if I have prophetic powers, whoa, who would not love to have that kind of power? Right? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. If I could take my coat off and wave it and you be healed, that'd be cool. Right? Y'all know the Benny Hinn. If you haven't seen it, go Google it. (laughs) Right? If we could do that whole kind of thing, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But if I'm doing it to line my pockets, man, what value is there in that? If I had power... 
prophetic powers if I could write Scripture and had not love. And understand all mysteries and knowledge. If the world around me, church, if the world around me served nothing to intrigue me because I knew every mystery and I had not love, what value is there in that? And if I have all faith, and to remove any kind of question about what kind of faith this would be, if I had all faith that I could move mountains, but have not love, what does Scripture say about me? I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, friends, if I am the most charitable person that you know, and I do it so that I can be the most charitable person that you know, what value is there? To be found there. None at all. The motives matter. Does the source for why we serve matter? Yes, it does. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned and have not love, if I give my life for this thing, and my love is not genuine. What does Scripture say here? I gain nothing. Is your love genuine? Right? The stakes for genuine love are high. How many prophets we got in here? How many people that's going to be burned at the stake? Right? The stakes are high for our service. And where we find the drive to serve. Let it not be in self-gain. Let it not be in self-fame. Let all of our service come from genuine love. Love that does not fail. Verse 4 of chapter 13. I want you to look. At the way that love is described in this, in the verses that follow here. Um, it is not going to be described in the ways that you would typically find your culture describing love to you. Right? I want you to follow me here. If your understanding of what love is, is the result of your culture... That's who you are around outside of here. And I'm going to exclude Christians there, but unfortunately we probably oftentimes can't. If your view of what love is comes from what you see on TV, what you hear spoken of by the world, then you do not know what love is. Because they do not know what love is. So how then... Do we find what love is? How do we, how do we find the answer? I've been called to it. Love with genuine love. How do I know then how to love? Y'all can answer back on this if y'all want to answer back on this. How do I know how to love? Follow Christ's example. 
know love. I need to know love before I can show it. So I need to know Christ. I need to love Christ. I need to have first been loved by Christ. I need to be in communion with Christ. If I want to show you what love is, I need the source to be flowing through me in everything that I do. I cannot show you love if I'm living apart from Christ. At best, I would show you some sinfully skewed version of love. It would fail the test. When times got tough, it would fall short. When I got irritated or angry with you, you would find it to be something less than the love that we've been called to show. So as we explore, I want you to understand that to know love, you must know Scripture. You must be in His Word. You must know Him. Not only by what I'm speaking or what Kip's speaking or any of these other preachers are speaking, you must know love. Love is a person. Love is God. If you do not know Him, you do not know love. The love that you know, you'll find, fails and falls short. You know this to be true. You know this to be true. So let's look at how love is described. Love is patient and kind. And I want us to ask ourselves as we dig into this, are we living this? Is this true of who we are? Are you patient and kind? When I read this scripture, I ask myself the same question. Am I patient? Am I kind? And on my best day, I would like to tell you yes, and then I'll get home. And I'll get around those that I love. Listen to me. How many times do we do this? I'm like, Isaac, man, I'm trying to change out of my work clothes. Could you give me a moment? Mary, I, I love that rain. Is that a rainbow? Is that a, is that a unicorn? I love that thing you drew. Give me a moment. I need to decompress. I have had a long day. Am I, am I patient? Does my love show patience? Does your love show patience? Does it? How quickly are you at the end of your rope? You've been called to a higher love than that. Love is patient. And kind. So when I am pushed to my limit, when you are pushed to your limit, you do not snap. Out of love. You do not fly off the handle out of love. Even when you are pushed to your breaking point, what does love show? Kindness. Kindness. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. I want you to notice as we're digging through this that it's not just telling you emotional things. This is how love feels. It feels like butterflies in your stomach. It feels like this. It feels so good at, at times. Like, right? Like, love's real. Right? Love is real and lasting and genuine. This is why I want us to think about this idea of genuine. It's something real. It's not something you used to have butterflies and you thought that was love. And now you don't have butterflies anymore. So you're questioning whether or not you're in love. Right? 
Let me tell you this. If it ends, it was not love. Because love doesn't end. It doesn't fail. The love that we have been called to as believers is an unfailing love. Love does not envy or boast. What a strange way to describe love. What a strange way it is. Not to say it's butterflies, but it's not this. Right? It's not this. Love does not envy. How many of you envy? How many of you see something someone else has and it drives you crazy that you do not? How many of you were coming off the gifts lesson last week? How many of you see someone else's gift and wish you had it instead of your own? So you'll just sit and do nothing. Envy comes in many ways. None of those is love. Love does not envy or boast. How many of us boast? How many? I, I want to say that it's probably most of us. And you say, I don't, I don't know that that's me. Right? I don't know that I boast so much. And then I would say, look at your... Facebook feed. Look at your Instagrams. Look at your Twitter feeds. Look at the way that you put yourself out there. And if we were honest, we would know that what we put out there is not at all the way that we oftentimes feel. Because it's sinful and we boast. And that is not how we show love. Love is not arrogant. How many of us are arrogant? How many of us think better of ourselves than we ought? Guilty. Right? I want to be guilty. And I'm humble and raising my hand there. Right? You get how I do that? Right? You get how I boast even... In my repentance. Right? Do we not? Do we not? Look how good I am at that though. Right? Look how good we are at that. We're an arrogant people. Verse 5. Love's not rude. Are you rude? Think about that. Think about the way that you treat the ones that you say you love. Are you rude? It does not insist its own way. How many of us, my way or the highway? How many of us, my way or no way at all? Right? Even in little things. Like, I want another time, I want to be honest with you. Um, Adrian would love to have a minivan when we have to replace our thing. <laughs> but I'm going to have to insist. <laughs> That we don't, because I don't want to ride in a minivan. That's just me, right? So what am I going to... There's nothing wrong with a minivan. There's not. I love minivans. <laughs> as long as someone else is driving it. <laughs> right? So I'm going to have to insist and get my way. Right? How many of us in our relationships are like that? They were like, fine, you just have it your way then. And really what we're saying there... 
Ladies, you know what you're saying there. <laughs> Y'all, yeah, you do that, and then we ain't going to talk for ages, right? Go ahead and get that Explorer. Yeah, that's what I going to tell me. You go ahead and get that Explorer. Right? That's all good. You can put the kids in it every time, too. Right? Like, you know how we do. Y'all know how we do. Is that love? Is that showing love? No. There's a point to this. I want y'all to, I want y'all to, to, to hang with me that there is, there is a point to setting love so high. Right? To setting this idea of love so high. There's a point to me telling you that I don't measure up. There's a point to me telling you that you don't measure up, right? There's a point to me telling you that if you're going to show this love, it is not going to first and primarily come from you. We find this in Christ. We rest in our failings because Christ is sufficient, right? Where we fail miserably, oftentimes at loving those who we actually love, He loved those who would reject him ultimately. Right? Went to a cross for enemies. That's a that's a love, friends, that as much as we try, we can but gaze at it and rest in it. Yet that's not an excuse for us not to strive towards it. Right? It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. And again, I want to pause and say, if you're going to describe to me what love is, is this not the weirdest way to do it? Is this not the scripture that gets quoted most often at weddings? Right? I've got it inscribed on my wedding band, right? And yet we see it, love is patient, love is kind. Patience, how, how many times have I heard people say, don't pray for it, right? Who wants that? Who wants that to go through whatever, right? Like, patience seems to be the thing that we try to avoid the most. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Do you rejoice in wrongdoing? Or are you oftentimes, like myself, the one who is doing the wrong? Man, it seems that as I look at this more and more, I think, I fail in every way. It rejoices with truth. Love rejoices with truth. Yet how many lies would I dare to guess we keep from one another? Love rejoices in truth. Think about that. Think about that. And then we get here. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Does the love that you show bear anything? Will it bear any weight? Will it bear any pressure? Will it bear any stress? Or at the first sign of any effort, will we flee? 
Is it love? It believes all things. Does your love believe all things? Or does your love oftentimes finding itself maybe questioning? I don't necessarily know that I trust your repentance this time. I don't know if I can trust this time is going to be the last time. Does our love hold out belief? Because true, genuine, lasting agape love believes all things and hopes all things. How many of us, I wonder, have run out of hope from the ones that say they loved us, the ones that we say we love? Love hopes against hope. And when it's asked to believe again, it does. That's love. And you're not going to find them telling you that in the world. Love's going to look a lot more like happiness there, right? Love's going to look a whole lot more like good times there. Going to look like butterflies, rainbows, hearts, and the biggest and best of gifts. And this is why I say that if your idea of love is shaped by your culture, your idea of love is wrong. You, in the way that you live, amongst one another, and in the world, are to be culture-changing people when it comes to what love is. Do you get this? That if we can't, or don't, or won't love, then they will not know love. Look at the way that the culture you are a part of sees love. And ask yourself, does it need something more? How many times have I been asked to talk to people who are either divorced or looking to get remarried or whatever? And, oh, but I love them this time. This one I love. That one I love. How many times have I heard people justify justify breaking apart what God has placed together because they ain't happy right now. You're not happy? Get over it. Join the club because many days, many of you ain't happy. And that does not mean that it is not love. Do you want to know if it's love? Will it bear any way at all? Will it believe against all hope? Will it hope against hope? Will it endure all things? Verse 8, the first part. Love never ends. If it ends, it was not love. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? 
If it ends, it was not love. Not the love that you've been called to. Not the love that you've been called to. You've been called to a higher love. I want to skip to the end. So faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Does love fail? Can love fail? Is your love genuine? Right? As as we look at this, as we measure ourselves up to what we've been called to, how many of us can, can, can raise our hand and say, mine matches in every way here, 100%. Fail not. None. We fall short. Is there hope? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. We've been called into this hope. We walk in this hope. We rest in this hope. We live here. Though we fail and fall short, we know love. Friends, this love today is being poured out on us. This love is being poured into us. Paul challenges us to renew our minds. As we've been digging through Romans, I pray that you see that your minds have been being renewed. I want to flip back to Romans chapter 5. The last part of verse 5. To remind you. Right? And we're gonna, we're gonna end, we're gonna end with this. Right? So, as, as we see Paul here in, in Romans, uh, as, as believers, as the church, we have now been called to let love be genuine. Right, as, as I look at this text and I consider the time that we've spent tonight and we could have spent much more time than this, I look back at this text and the question that I gave to you to repeat back to me earlier was that why, Paul, do you spend so little time here on such a, an, important, an important subject? Right, Such an important subject as this. Why does it almost seem as though you're speaking in passing about it? And here's the truth. For weeks and weeks and weeks now, we have been laboring in the gospel so that the truth of the gospel we could rest in. So that it could be taken, almost even taken for granted that for those of you who have placed your faith in Christ, you will love. You will Because love is being poured out this very day on you. Romans 5, 5. So that you are reminded. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you know why you can love? Do you know why you can love? 
Because God loves you. You can love God because God loved you. You can love others because God loved you. And He is gracious to us, pouring His love. Right? So so when I love you, who gets glory for my love? Because what's the source of true and genuine and lasting love? Is it my efforts? Is it the work that He's doing in me? Is it your efforts? Or is it the work that He's doing in you? By the grace given to us, while we were enemies of the cross, We can love with the love that's been poured out on each and every one of us. If, if you know Christ, let your love be genuine. If you by chance don't, meet Him and you will know love like you have never known before. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you. Again, for this day, I thank you for your word. Um, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for Christ. I thank you for your church here and the opportunity that you've given me to present your word to them. I I pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would would continue a work in us. Lord, how 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 far we have to go. uh, But we walk. We walk with you. We do not walk alone. Uh, You carry us and support us. Uh, Lord, you fill us. Lord, so often we fall short, but we trust that you are sufficient. Lord, so so often, uh, though we would uh, like to say that we show pure, genuine love, we fail. I thank you that the cross covers that. I thank you that where we fall short, Christ was every bit what he claimed to be. Lord, that your name might be lifted high, that your people might love with a genuine love, that this world might see us, see the love that you're pouring out into us, and question where it is that this love comes from. And let us be bold in telling them that it comes from the hand of God. It's in Christ's name. Amen.